Welcome to the Attracting Lasting Love podcast presented by CoachingWithFroy.com. You've found the place where single adults come for mindful wisdom and insight into how to attract and create healthy, lasting, conscious relationships. And now, here's your host, the owner of CoachingWithFroy.com, number one best-selling author, certified relationship coach, and TV analyst, Roy Biancalana. Well, hello again, and welcome to another edition of the Attracting Lasting Love podcast. My name is Roy Biancalana, and I have a juicy topic to discuss with you today. Now, you know, if you're a regular listener of the podcast, and if you are, I am so appreciative of that. You'll never know how cool it is to know that there are people out there taking time out of their day to perhaps learn something, glean something that can you know, make their life better, their love life better, and really because that's what this is all about, giving you free information to help you attract lasting love. And that really is what today's topic is about, although when you hear the title of it, you might not think so, but stick with me because you're going to see that what we're talking about today directly influences your ability to attract a healthy, sustainable, intimate relationship. So we are in part two of what I believe I am extending to be a five-part series that I am calling Laws of Life and Love. The title is not Laws for Life and Love, as if there are laws that you can apply to your life in general, and your love life. No, these are laws of life and love, meaning they are operating whether you like it or not. They are directly you know, involved and behind the scenes and impacting and creating the results that you are experiencing. These are laws like there are laws of physics, Remember in part one where I talked about the law of attraction, I made the point that if something is actually a law, like the law of physics, you don't get to choose to use it, right? You don't choose whether or not you're going to use a law of gravity or the law of, you know, thermodynamics. I mean, these are principles by which the universe operates. These laws are the same way. They are laws of life and love. And we are either going to understand them and align ourselves with them and then bear the fruit of them, or we are living in opposition to them and our lives and love lives will suffer as a result. So week one was all about the law of attraction. And I won't go back into that. There's a whole episode devoted to it. But today... We are talking about the law of attention, the law of attention. And this, this is a very deep subject, right? When we talk about the focus of our attention, kind of where we, what we think about, what we dwell on, what we mull over, what we focus on, right? And so we're talking about matters of the mind. We're talking about matters of consciousness. 
But the main thing that I want you to get from this is that, well, let me put it this way. And, and, and this is something, this is a, a sentence here that I really want to say this in a way that perhaps stops you in your tracks. Uh, and I want to say it in a way that maybe causes you to even put, push pause on this podcast and really think about that. And so the phrase is this, the quality of our lives is completely dependent on the quality of our attention. Let me say that again. The quality of our lives is completely determined by where our attention is placed and how our attention is used. Now think about that. That is an incredibly bold statement to make. That the quality of your life or my life, I mean, how good it is, how miserable it is. The quality of your life is determined by what you do with your attention. Because here is the law, right? When we said the law of attraction, the law is like attracts like. That's the law. Whether you like it or not, your state of consciousness, your level of maturity, the, the level at which you function, you that is attractive. That is magnetic. And so whatever level of consciousness you have, whatever level of maturity that you are, you are always attracting things and people to you that are on the same level. Okay, that's the law of attraction. Like attracts like. The law of attention is this. What you put your attention on grows. That's the simplest way to understand the law of attention. That what you put your attention on grows. Now, what do I mean by attention? Because it's important that we really we really get this. When I say attention, I don't mean thoughts. I don't mean thinking. Because you cannot control what you think about. You can't control your thoughts. Now, that may seem like a bizarre thing to say. Um, but anyone who has meditated for 30 seconds can tell you, oh my God, that's so true. Thoughts just pop into your head. They come out of nowhere. Seriously, push, push pause on this podcast right now and see if you can sit for 10 seconds and focus on your breath and, and have that voice in your head be completely silent. See if you can do it. I'll wait. <laughs> Let me cut to the chase. You won't be able to do it. You will not be able to not think. Because if you try to focus on your breath, that voice in your head is going to be saying something like, am I doing it? I think I'm doing it. I don't think I'm thinking about anything right now. Oh, my breath is weird. Um, I'm breathing kind of in my chest. Or this is weird, focusing on my breath, right? Those are thoughts. So anyone who does any type of meditation recognizes that thoughts just pop into my head. 
Like I'm actually wanting to not think about anything. I just want to sit and be present and focus on my breath. And I can't do it because thoughts just pop into my head. Where'd that thought come from? Why am I all of a sudden thinking about lunch? I just finished breakfast. Why am I thinking about work? It's, it's Friday night. And I'm, th- I'm, I'm thinking about what's going to happen on Monday morning. So you, when we talk about attention, we're not talking, talking about thoughts and random thoughts because those are not controllable. So the phrase I said earlier, the quality of your life is not dependent on what you think about. The quality of your life is directly a result of where and how you use your attention. So what's the difference between thoughts, thinking, and attention? It's a great question. The difference is your attention is sort of what you are choosing to dwell on. What you're choosing to stay with, to focus on, to take seriously. So let me give you an example. You could just have a thought pop in your head like my boss is an asshole and, you know, I hope he gets COVID. (laughs) I'm just making something up here. I don't know. I don't know where that came from. See, where'd that one come from? Okay. Some deep, dark place. But you could have that thought, okay? And it's just a thought. You could just notice that thought and say, that's ridiculous. What are you doing? And just, and let it go. Or you could dwell on it. You could hold it within you and you could stew on it and mull it over and think about it and sort of meditate on it. In other words, your attention is sort of what you're dwelling on. So while you cannot choose your thoughts, you definitely choose what you're going to kind of dwell on and stew on and sort of hold in your mind. Okay? And so when we talk about the law of attention, we're talking about what are you choosing to focus your attention on? What what are you staying focused on? What are you mulling over? What are you rehashing and hashing in your head? Like, What are you reliving and keeping alive in you? Like, what are you... So you have a random thought come into your mind. That's no problem. You just let it go. It's like, that's a weird thought. I mean, maybe I'm revealing myself too much to you, but you could be driving down the street and some jackass does something weird you know, cuts you off. You're like, man, I would like to slam my car into the back of that bastard, right? That's just a thought. Just pops in your head. Just God. I mean, now, if I dwell on that and I stew on that, this guy did me wrong, this guy, that, right? Then, then the quality of my life is going to get ruined. Do you follow me? I'm like, I might do something. I might flip him off. Then he might have a gun in his car and shoot me. And you know what I'm saying? But if, if I just have a random thought and I'm like, that's nuts, you know, and just let it go, no problem. It's when I really dwell on it. So that's what we mean about attention. 
it's like where you're focusing your energy, where are you focusing your mind rather than just random thoughts? And so now let me give you the definition again. The quality of your life is determined or a direct result of how you use your attention or what you really focus on. What are you really paying attention to? What are you really mulling over? Right? And so when we're really focused on something, all of our attention, all of our energy is sort of zeroed in on that. And that changes everything going on inside of us. Now, let me give you a couple of real world examples here. Um, And we're all familiar with it. What is really the danger of social media? Okay. Social media has been designed by very smart people. I'm not sure about their motives, but very smart people have figured out how to capture your attention, how to make you focus in a certain place, to stay, to mull something over, to really dial in. They, they have learned how to grab your attention and keep it. Now, on social media, like it's so easy to scroll through, whether it's Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or whatever. You know, what you focus on in social media can really affect your mood, can it not? What What you pay attention to on social media, who you follow, the videos you watch, the posts that you read, they can really impact you, can they not? They can affect your mood, they can create emotions, they can stir things up in you. You find me? So one of the things that we need to look at, and this is sort of an aside, and I'm talking to myself too on this, is we need, we need to recognize how the law of attention and social media is determining the quality of our lives. Is your time on social media making you happier, creating more peace in you, making you feel more fulfilled, filled more with gratitude, filled more with hope, filled more with just positivity? Or or is your use of social media and the attention that you put in there and what you're reading and viewing and, and watching, is it creating anger in you? Is it creating upset, negative emotion, jealousy, envy? Like, I mean, step back and think about just in the area of social media, And when you put your attention in in that realm and on those platforms, is that good for you or bad for you? 
take CNN or Fox. You know, if you put a lot of your attention on those channels, and I don't care which one, right, that's going to determine a lot of what goes on inside of you, right? It, it, it can really affect your sense of well-being because you can get all fired up about the other side, about them and what those people are doing. And you can just be horrified. You can be angered, right? You, so I'm not saying you shouldn't watch television. I'm not saying that you shouldn't be on any social media, although I think maybe we sometimes would do well to do a little inventory and ask ourselves, my consumption of media, is this adding, is it helping my life or hurting me? Because like in today's world, to say that you're not on any social media, people will look at you like you're an absolute freak. But I guess sometimes you have to ask yourself, how happy do I want to be? Or at least... How is my use of social media or even watching politics on television or whatever I'm looking at? How is that impacting my life? Like there's always a lot of discussion there has been for decades about young boys, young men, and maybe even older men and their use of pornography. What you put your attention on determines the quality of your life. So the danger of pornography is is young men's attention being put there and they develop kind of an expectation. They, They develop a certain view of women, a certain view of sex, right? You can't help but be influenced by what you put your attention on. You can't be a casual observer of of porn or of social media or of politics on television thinking like it's not impacting my mood. It's not causing me to think in certain ways or to be reactive or to have certain emotions or to develop certain opinions. What you put your attention on grows. This is a principle of life. This is a law of life. So if you focus on negative things, you're going you're gonna to grow the negativity in your life. But if you focus on positive things, if you put your attention and you let yourself dwell on and sit with positive things, then you feel better. I mean, it, it's almost so obvious, but I don't know if we ever really take it seriously. Like, I kind of think that we should be guarding our attention as much as we would guard anything or anyone in our lives. Right? A lot of people want to guard their homes, guard their loved ones, guard their belongings, right? We all want to guard our bank accounts and right anything that's important to us, we want to protect, we want to guard. We don't want you know anything bad to happen to it. Well, if we love our lives, 
then we should be guarding our attention because the quality of our life, our emotional life, our relational life is going to be determined by how we're using our attention. So let me give you some examples in the relationship world. First, let me ask you, do you think you're ever going to find a person who is absolutely perfect? <laughs> do you think you're ever going to meet someone and be really in love with them and really want to spend the rest of your life with them because you have known them for six months or a year or two years and there is nothing about them that annoys you. Do, do, is that what you're expecting? To meet someone, you have chemistry, you have compatibility, and there's absolutely nothing about the person that makes me scratch my head that's annoying to me or frustrating to me or just aggravating. Right? That's not possible. <laughs> you don't even love yourself that way. You, you don't even look at yourself in the mirror and say, I've got no problem with anything I do. <laughs> Nothing about me annoys me. I look in the mirror. I like everything I see. Every decision I make, every thought I have, every emotion I have, I just, it, all of it is absolutely wonderful. No, there are things and I'm not saying we hate ourselves or we shame ourselves, but there's always things that we do and feelings we have and decisions we've made. And it's like, oh, God, you know, what was I thinking there, right? So you're never going to meet another human being that isn't going to annoy you, even though you love them. Right? You, how many of you have children, right? You love your children, but don't you want to kill them sometimes? Don't, don't they annoy you sometimes? Okay, so here's the thing. You're going to be with someone who will think a little differently than you, process emotions differently than you, make decisions differently, or live at a different pace, or use money differently, or I don't, God, there's so many things that could annoy you. If all you do is focus your attention on the things a person does that annoy you, how long is that relationship going to last? You're just going to mull it over and think about it and stew on it and talk to your friends about it, you know, and, and it's it just going to be so much in the forefront of your consciousness that whenever you see them, you're going to see the things that annoy you. It's like, it's going to, those, those, because you're focusing and putting your attention on the things that annoy you, it's like they are going to grow in them. It's like it's getting bigger, right? And then pretty soon you can't stand the person anymore. Oftentimes in therapy, when a couple's having trouble, a good therapist will ask a question like, you know, what did you, when you first fell in love with your partner, what were the things that you really loved about them? Right? So right there, the therapist is trying to bring you to where's your attention being placed? It seems like you're focusing and nitpicking on all the little things that annoy you. 
And the more you put your attention on that, it's going to grow. It's going to get bigger and bigger like a cancer. It's going to spread. And pretty soon that's all you see when you see a person. But what if you, what if you put your attention on the things about your partner that you love, that you appreciate, that you admire, that you respect? Then the law works sort of like your respect, your admiration is going to grow. Your, your feelings towards them are going to get stronger and bigger. Again, this is all based on the fact that you'll never meet someone that they don't do something that annoys you. But if all you do is focus on that, it's going to grow. But you have a choice as to what you put your attention on. Do you get me? I mean, you really have a choice. I mean, there are some things my wife does that annoy me. And when I catch myself kind of going over that, you believe she said that? Like, why did, why, did she, why did she live that way? Like right now, she's in some ancestry phase of her life. She's getting pictures from all the family and she's putting them in a, a digital – she's spending a lot of money on creating like a, a digital sort of picture book, right? I mean, just – Thousands. I'm literally. I think there's like three thousand pictures that she's organizing on some platform, and she's hired someone to help her do this and that kind of stuff. And some of it, the this, the way she thinks, the the way she processes information, <laughs> just like oh my god, <laughs> like who are you? Like like what's wrong with you? In fact, I just the other day, I. I looked at her and I'm like, I have a serious question for you. And she said, what? I said, what's wrong with you? And she just started laughing because I was pointing out that the way she does things, the way she processes things is not the way I would do it. Now, if all I did was focus on the ways that she's not like me or or she's not the way that I think she ought to be, if that's all I put my attention on, I would grow to resent her, wouldn't I? I would lose respect for her. I would fall out of love with her. So when I catch myself saying, eh, what's wrong with her? You know, why should, it's just like, let it go. Who says you're right anyway? That's the way she's doing it. Put your attention on, on the things that really matter. Like, look how much she loves her family. Look how much she wants everyone to have all the pictures and have access to them. And she... She's such a feminine creature. She's wanting to create connection and communion and harmony amongst, you know, she has pictures from my family and her family and, right? So there's some amazing things. What am I going to focus on? The ways that she makes decisions that annoy me or her heart that is showing and shining through what she's doing, right? What I put my attention on in regards to her grows. So do do I want to love her and appreciate her? Well, then focus on that stuff and just let the other stuff go. Now, when I talk about what you're focusing on, I'm not saying to repress things. I'm not. I'm not saying you should suppress feelings and suppress emotions and repress yourself. I'm not espousing spiritual denial, okay? If I thought there was something that I could share with my wife that might support her and what she's doing, I might say, hey, there's maybe another way to to do this that 
might make it easier on you, right? So if I had something to share, I would, right? So when we talk about where are you putting your attention in relationships, I mean, you might have kids and some things they do drive you nuts. Well, if that's all you talk about and that's all you harp on and when they're at school, that's all you think about, about how their their room is a mess and they're not doing this, they're not doing that. And that's where your attention is. You know, when your kids come home from school, you're going to be just a nightmare (laughs) because all you've been thinking about is all that horrible stuff all day. Okay? Now, that doesn't mean you don't address the kids if they're not cleaning their room. But I think you get my point. It's like what you put your attention on grows. It just grows that in your life. And that's why it determines the quality of your life. Let me give you a funny example of this. Do you guys, are you familiar with the Austin Powers movies? You know, I think it was, a, is it Mike Myers who plays, um, oh, what's his face? Austin Powers in the movies. There, there was this one scene where Austin Powers meets someone that's got a big mole on their face or maybe it's on their chin or their cheek or their nose. Maybe, maybe it was on their nose. I haven't seen the movies in a while. They're hilarious. But so he meets this person and they got this big mole. I think it was on their nose. And so he's trying to talk to him and all of a sudden he just says mole <laughs> because the camera is capturing that he is putting all of his attention on the mole. He starts talking about guacamole, right? And all these words with the word mole in it because he can't not pay attention to the mole, right? He's, he's obsessing on it. He's focusing on it. His attention, and it's hilarious, right? Well, that's what can happen in our relationships. Someone's got a mole. You know they do. Something that's a glaring habit or perspective or an attitude or something. And if all you do is zero in on that and you think about it and you mull it over and you stew on it and you look at it, it's like all of a sudden, the only thing you see is the mole. So this is, you just have to watch yourself to learn about this. You just have to watch where your attention is being placed. As a matter of fact, I might say the spiritual practice here is to pay attention to your attention. <laughs> like periodically throughout the day, you can stop and say, what am I paying attention to right now? Like as I'm driving down the street, what am I thinking about? Is it opening my heart or closing it? Is it making me feel more relaxed or more tense? Now, the human mind is just an awful place. <laughs> we have a tendency, it's probably because of our, our evolution over thousands and thousands of years, we have a tendency to focus on the negative or to look for problems. It's kind of a survival instinct, Okay. And so our minds, if they are left to themselves, are going to be looking for problems, are going to be, you know, looking for what could go wrong, what's scary. 
what negative thing could happen. And when you allow yourself to put your attention in that direction, you're going to experience anxiety. Are you not? Because our emotions are a direct reflection of where our attention is placed. Emotions come from our attention. When you put your attention on, and what if I lose my job? And what if this happens? And that bad thing could happen. And what if this happens? What if I never meet someone? You know, what if I, I'm 70 years old and I'm still single? Or what if, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if? You're going to start to feel anxiety. And the more you focus on that, the bigger those things become because what you put your attention on, it grows. So the spiritual practice is to catch yourself and notice what am I paying attention to? What am I talking about in my head right now? What am I mulling over? What am I focusing on? And is what I'm focusing on making me feel more open and happy or is it closing me and down and making me feel anxious or angry or sad? Maybe I need to put my attention in a different place. Does that make sense? Let me give you an example from my life <laughs> to give you a little bit of an example of, of how the mind is just a, a, a nutty thing. So recently I played in a golf tournament and I'll cut to the chase. I won the tournament. Okay, um, finished first place. I won the tournament. When I get got done with the tournament, when I came home, the drive home, was I celebrating? Was I like, man, dude, you won a tournament. You played great. You you beat a bunch of good players. Golf tournament, by the way. You know, was I in a celebratory mood? Was I all excited and and happy? No. You know what I was thinking about? That at the very end of the tournament, I hit one particular shot so awful. I don't think I hit a shot that bad in the last 15 years of my golf career. Okay? That's all I could think about is that one shot. This was a three-day tournament. I hit literally a couple of hundred shots. And almost all of them were good, good enough to win. But yet all I could think about is that one shitty one. I was obsessing on it. I could still feel it in my body. It was like, now if I put my attention, if I let my attention stay on that, I'm going to come home in a bad mood and I'm going to live with anxiety about, oh my God, am I going to hit another shot like that? You know, what happens if I do that in the next tournament? Whatever, right? I, I could make myself a mess by focusing on that one shot. Or I could notice, Roy, do you know where your attention's placed right now? You're really thinking about that one shot. How about if you let that go and you pay attention to all the other great shots you hit? What if you, what if you put your attention there? Well, then how would I feel? I, I'd, be, I'd feel celebratory. I'd feel positive about the future. I'd feel like nobody's going to be able to ever beat me, right? So... What you put your attention on either creates like confidence or fear. And so 
this is something you have to just look at your own life and you have to notice, okay, where is my attention and what is it doing to me? And so perhaps it is social media. Perhaps it's what you watch on television, but we don't even need that stuff to do it. We look at our own lives. I mean, you can focus all of your attention on what your ex did to you. You really could. That's, you know how we talk a lot about letting go of the past? Well, what are we talking about when we talk about letting go of the past? The past isn't here now, right? It's, it doesn't exist. It's gone. Not when our attention's placed on it, though. Then it's like it's here. So all of us know how easy it is to live in the past, to put our attention on what happened to us. And when we do that, we become guarded, we become suspicious, we have trust issues. What are trust issues? They are a direct result of where your attention is placed. Your attention is placed on what people did to you. You were deceived, you were lied to, you were you know, cheated on, you were ghosted, you were gaslighted, you were mistreated, and your attention, and you think about that, and you mull it over, and you rehash it in your mind, and you talk to your friends about it, and that resentment then is going to grow. What you put your attention on grows. Your past gets bigger. It gets more powerful. And your trust issues grow. They expand. They like take you over to the point where you find it difficult to open up to a new person. You find it difficult to let your guard down and let a person get close to you. Right? So we really do need to pay attention to what we pay attention to. Hale Dewaskin is um, one of my spiritual teachers from, from afar. He, um, he works with what's called the Sedona Method. Um, Sedona.com is his website. It's, it's good stuff. You could, you could check it out. But he shares um, a story about this in his live workshops. And, and what he does is he takes you know a normal size sheet of paper a complete blank sheet of paper, like a piece of paper you'd put in a printer, okay? Just a blank piece of paper. And said, this whole piece of paper is your life. And it's everything that's like in the universe. And then he takes a pen and he puts, just he just taps a pen in the middle of the piece of paper and makes a tiny, almost invisible dot on the paper. And he says, that dot represents your problems, and he says, you know what we do? And he takes the piece of paper and he smashes it up against his face and he puts the dot right up against his eyeball. <laughs> he says, you know what we do? That's all we look at. We just look at the dot. We look at the problem. We don't look at everything else that we have in our lives. We don't notice everything else around. Our attention is completely focused on what's wrong, what's missing, what's lacking, what's been hurtful. Do you see that? It's like 
we turn our attention and it creates the quality of our life, right? If all you do is focus on your problem and you're so close to it, that's all you can see. Well, you're going to be one miserable person. So this is like the Thanksgiving edition. Thanksgiving here in the United States, for some of you overseas, you may or may not know what that is. It's a time where most Americans put some attention on what they're thankful for. We have some history with this, goes back a few hundred years, whatever. But what is Thanksgiving? Isn't that where we, where at least we're in theory, we're supposed to be thinking about what we're thankful for, what we're grateful for, right? Now, if only you, you only do that one time a year, you're going to be a miserable person. So the idea here is Thanksgiving can be something that's happening every day because you can choose to mull over and fixate on and focus on things you're grateful for. The, the things, not that you're lacking, but what you do have. Not what's missing, but what's, what, what's here now. Not about the future and what could happen, but the blessings that are in your life right in this moment. In other words, you could pull the piece of paper away from your face and notice all the white part. Instead of seeing just the little dot that the problem that you might have. Now think about this. You live in an amazing universe. And there are all kinds of things going on in the universe, in our galaxy, on this planet, in your immediate surroundings. There is literally an infinite number of things that you could put your attention on, right? You could go outside and put your attention on the clouds and, or the stars in the sky, the wind on your face. Or you could watch CNN or Fox and bitch and moan about them. You could go out into a botanical garden and notice the flowers and the vegetation and the incredible creativity the universe has created. Or you could be driving in your car talking to yourself about what an asshole your ex-husband was. Which, which one is, is going to make you feel better? <laughs> okay, So we have this incredible life. We have this incredible universe that we are blessed to be a part of. And like, so what are we focusing on here? It's one of my favorite things about Michael Singer. He's like, all right, so the universe has been around for 14 and a half billion years. And Earth has been around for four and a half billion years. And you're going to be here for about 80. I mean, you're going to be gone in the blink of an eye. Your, your life comes and goes in the blink of an eye in the grand scheme. It's like, so what are you worried about? What, what are you putting your attention on? How about the fact that you get to be on a planet? Because right now you could look at the planet because as I'm recording this is about the sixth, fifth or sixth day of the Israeli-Hamas war, okay? 
Now, you could focus on that. Oh, boy. Right? You could put all your attention on that. And I'm not saying it's not the most horrible thing since the Nazis in the 1940s. But there's a lot of other things that we can focus on in this world that are absolutely wonderful. So what you put your attention on grows. And how you use your attention determines the quality of your life. So let me give you a couple of practices here. And I've learned these from my use of Sam Harris's Waking Up app. You've heard me talk about this app before. I I can't recommend it enough. Wakingup.com, the Waking Up app by Sam Harris. It's so worth your time. You can even get it for free if you ask for a a free one-year membership. I won't go into all that right now. I've done that before. But there's a couple of things on the app that um, are worth talking about here. And on the app, he has one spiritual teacher that comes on and shares a, a, a bunch of meditations and a perspective um, something called the Stoic perspective on spirituality. The Stoics, you know, are an ancient people that were very spiritual and they had some very unique and powerful ways of looking at life and in their quest to live a life of, you know, of peace and harmony and joy and that kind of thing. And so one of one of the things that they that they espouse is the idea of your living someone else's dream life here's the perspective that the life that you're living right now and i don't care if you have cancer i don't care what's happening I don't care if you're out of work. I don't care if you're single. I don't care if you don't have a job. I don't care what's going on. The life that you are living right now, someone else is only dreaming of having the life that you have. Now think about that. Someone's always got it way worse than you. They would kill to have your life. You know, we might say, oh, I'm driving this crappy car. I'm living in a place that's just, it's not my dream house. And I don't have the job I want. And my body's getting older and it's got wrinkles. And, you know, I'm single and it's really hard to find someone. There are probably millions of people on the planet that would switch places with you in a second. See, so it's all about where is your attention? on all the things you don't have and that you're lacking and the things that you want that you can't get and all of that, if, if you're focused that way, you're going to be miserable. But if your focus is, you know what? All right, there's some things that, you know, aren't the best, but I'm grateful for what I have because I know that I'm lucky. I'm lucky to, to have what I have. I have cancer. Maybe I've got good doctors. Other people have cancer. They don't have any access to health, health care. 
You know, you're getting some wrinkles. Well, somebody else is way older. (laughs) Do you follow me? So this stoic idea of you are living someone else's dream can keep you grateful, can keep you from getting that little dot on the page so close to your eye that that's all you see is what's wrong. That's all you see is what's missing or what's lacking or what I don't have or what this person's doing to me or you know whatever it might be. You are living someone else's dream life, pulls the paper away from you saying, whoa, man, I've lost, I've lost a grip on the fact that I've got about 80 or 90 years to live on this amazing planet, the only planet that we've found any sign of life on. And we complain about when it rains on our birthday. We complain when, whatever. Do you follow me? Think about that. You are living somebody else's dream life. Now, I can, I can t- just, I want to give you another personal example because I don't want anyone listening to this thinking that I've got all this together and that I've risen above all the egoic nonsense. I have not. It's so easy for me. You know, I, I, I've been a professional golfer most of my life. You know, now I'm 63, so I don't compete for a living. And I, I did all that stuff when I was in my 30s. Well, I can look at my career and the things I've done and I can have a lot of angst about it. Oh, you know, I never won on the tour. I never really achieved my goals. You know, I never made the Ryder Cup. I was never good enough to do this and that. And I can look at my career and depress myself and discourage myself by what I didn't accomplish. But almost every golfer on the planet would kill to do what I have done. (laughs) Literally. To be as good as I am. People would kill for it. They they give their firstborn. (laughs) Golfers are nuts. (laughs) Do you follow me? So I can focus on what I didn't achieve. Or I could remind myself, you know what, Roy? You're 63 and you just won a tournament with people 30 years younger than you. It's like, come on, dude. You know what I mean? Like, there are people that would love to have your record. To have loved to have played on the PGA Tour. To to have played in major championships. And I mean, well, I didn't play well on the tour. And I didn't play well on those major championships. Yeah, Roy. But you were there. And that's in very rare territory. Right? So how do I frame how do I frame my golf career? You see the quality of my attention or how I use my attention determines the quality of my life. I could be a crusty old miserable angry resentful former professional golfer if all I do is focus on I wasn't good enough to do this or this or that. Or I could be so grateful and so happy and so fulfilled 
with the things that I have done, the things that, that I've achieved, knowing that I've had a golf life that most every other golfer on the planet would is just dreaming of. And all of what I just said is exactly true for you. And I don't care what it is, who you are, your education, your family situation, your career, there is someone who would kill to have your life. So where do you put your attention? And where you put your attention either makes you a person of thanksgiving or it makes you a person of worry and anxiety and resentment. So the law of attention says what you put your attention on grows. You just get more of what you pay attention to. You want more love in your life? Then notice love in your life. You want more anger in your life? Then put your attention on things that piss you off. Go on Facebook or YouTube and watch videos of people hurting each other and being racist towards each other and being mean at each other and just watch the shitty feeling in you grow. It's just a law. It's just a law of life and love. Okay. So I'm hoping this leaves you with that question. Like if I had a goal from this podcast, it would be that my listeners might spend some time with that question, what am I paying attention to these days? And how is that impacting my emotions and my mood and my quality of life? And if, it, and if what I notice I don't like, what am I going to do differently? Do I need to get off social media or look at it differently? Do I need to quit watching politics or get my news from some other way. What do I need to do to cultivate gratefulness and openness? Because it's just a better way to live. All right, next week, we are going to deal with the law of opposites. And we'll talk to you then. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Attracting Lasting Love with Roy Biancalana. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with anyone you think might benefit from listening. Check out our website at coachingwithroy.com and tune in every week for more insights and wisdom on creating healthy, lasting, conscious relationships.